0: The views and opinions expressed by the following program are those of the host, guest, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station or the Webster rocky Hill Ministries. It's management or other host or underwriting sponsors. Programs presented on KWRHLP are for educational and entertainment purposes only.
1: Welcome back to In Tune. This is Arnold Stricker with Mark Langston. What a great conversation we've been having with Lynn Jackson, president and founder of the Dred Scott Heritage Foundation. By the way, she is the great-great-granddaughter of Harriet and Dred Scott, Just a minor detail there, folks.
0: No big deal. (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) It's fabulously (laughs) honoring. It is. It's a
1: huge deal. Um, We ended the last hour about how they had gained their freedom. Right. And uh, let's continue the story.
0: Well, let's go here. Um, They did get their freedom on May 26th of 1857. And... The wrap-up of it is that uh, Dred Scott lived a year and a half a free man. And I always say God has a sense of humor because he actually passed away on September 17th. And for sincere and true history buffs, they will know that that was Constitution Day. Oh, (laughs) And the irony of it just cannot escape us mm-hmm. because Dred Scott and his case, after the war was won, and we're not going to talk about the Civil War, but we know there was one, right, right. Um, after the war was won, the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments were established to rectify some of those ills, mm-hmm. especially to end slavery with the 13th and mm-hmm. to give citizenship to all men and women born Uh, are naturalized here and that meant all former slaves were now citizens Mm -hmm. and all of their children will be citizens Mm -hmm. if they're born here because Justice Tawny said that neither they nor their descendants will ever be citizens. Right, right. So the 14th Amendment is very important to African American. And then the 15th which gave the right to vote to everyone except women. So former enslaved men we're now able to vote. So the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments are also considered and often called the Dred Scott Amendments. Right. Right, right.
1: Okay. Like, take that, Judge Tawny. Right. Yeah.
0: Oh, well. Well, yeah. we gave it to him a little later, but we'll talk about that. <laughs> There's a very, very cute story I'll about you, yeah, that. Because you
1: met his descendants too, correct? Yes. Really? That would be we'll, a very interesting story. We'll get story. to that, Okay, Charlie. all right. Comfortable. You've got me going now. <laughs> I
0: know. I know. <laughs> and I said Stay we're going to dance around, but I'm going to keep us on the Mr. Okay. We want to finish this story right now. Right. Here.
1: Yes, we do. <laughs> so um, Mark's taking notes. I am. I'm fun
0: this. <laughs> so Dredd passes away sadly and goes to his reward, I'm sure. Um, Constitution Day. That just kind of really gets me. I love it because if you don't know this, and, and you probably do, but Thomas, I'm sorry. Thomas Jefferson and John Adams, both authors and signers of the Declaration of Independence, passed away 50 years to the day, July 4th, uh, not 1826, sorry, 1776 to 1826. On the 50th anniversary of the 4th of July, both of those men, both of those presidents died within hours of each other. Right. So, again, I'm saying, you know, that happened, and then Dred Scott dies on Constitution Day.
1: Just a coincidence.
0: Just a mere happenstance. Mm -hmm. But God bless him. He did have his freedom for some years, and he died of tuberculosis. I like to share this part before I go to Harriet. Um, When he passed, he was buried in a cemetery that most people have never heard of and will never see, Wesleyan Cemetery. Did you know that? What is it? <laughs> Westland Cemetery. It was at the corner of Grand and Laclede, where now stands St. Louis St. University. Louis U, right. And I I am like 95% sure this is the case, but I think because they were thinking about St. Louis U, that land was needed, and it was a slave cemetery, so uh, it was going to be abandoned at some point. And... The same gentleman, Taylor Blow, who bought those freedom bonds for them and freed them, Mm -hmm. same gentleman who found out that they were going to do this had Dred Scott removed and interred at Calvary Cemetery, which Uh is why he is there now. And for over 100 years, his (laughs) grave was unmarked. Hmm. At Calvary? Mm Mm-hmm. It was, it was only found that he was there in nineteen fifty six. Wow. Just That's in time for the hundredth anniversary. Sixty-five years yeah. ago. Yeah. And um and Father Darling of the Baden Society
1: mm-hmm.
0: was going through some papers at um the Calvary office basement and found Dred Scott buried at lot one seventy seven.
1: So he was Catholic? Were they Catholic?
0: No, that's always a good question. They were not Catholic. In fact, we didn't even talk about that, but they went to the church, which is now Central Baptist. Okay. And names are on the roll there, but um, that church has never ceased to exist as a church, so that church body is the same. Uh, No, not Catholic, but of course it is a Catholic cemetery. Yeah,
1: Calvary is. And
0: no one could be buried there, especially a slave, without the permission of their owner. Their owners could choose to have them buried there. Okay. So the thought is that people think that maybe he was going to be buried there, but his family, I'm talking about the Blow family, uh-huh. they're all buried in Bell Fountain, which is across the street. Right, right next door. I've lived here my whole life, and I didn't even realize until some years back, that those are two separate cemeteries. They right. look identical, they and do. there's only the main street that divides right, them right. from West Florence into Broadway. Right. But one, um, I guess, what would that be? One on the south side is Bell Fountain. The one on the north side of the street is Calvary. So Dredd is over there by himself. And the Blow family, including Taylor, ended up on the other side. That's something. But he did not want him to be lost in obscurity. That's the point we don't want to miss. Mm -hmm. So he paid for three plots to have him buried there. That's great. And there's two empty spots on either side because... You couldn't bury a black person next to a white person. And that would guarantee that the, another purchaser would not be inadvertently buried next to a slave. Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> so so he know, was buried the, in the middle. Of the three plots. Wow. I have a diagram of it. Wow. So... You know, there were some. I've heard some people say, "Oh, that's not true," but I think it was. I think it was too. <laughs> I think it that. was.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they and, don't know St. Louis history. No, no they don't. <laughs> 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 oh
0: wow! All right. So so dread is um, finally laid to rest in a prominent place, and um, so I'm, I'm going to share the, this next part, and then I'll tell you something we're doing, and then we can segue to to what you wanted to ask. Um. Harriet lived another eighteen years. She died in 1876, mm. and the two daughters—one did not survive much past forty. The other one lived to be 99. Oh wow! So I share more about the 99-year-old one when I do a talk. Sure. Um, but 18 years later, Harriet was not buried in Calvary. She's buried in Greenwood, and Greenwood is an African American cemetery, which at that time was only two years old when she died. So that was a new cemetery. And um, never did twain shall meet. We can talk about that another day. But I think it's great that they're both represented in two different locations actually.
1: Mm-hmm. But very similar to Father Dixon cemetery, mm-hmm. which is over here in Crestwood area.
0: Yeah, right. right. And so um, Harriet is there. I didn't really know where she was. And I'm sure that some elders in our family knew who probably had passed away. My dad might have been aware, but it never came up. So it was like, well, where's Harriet? Nobody knew. And nobody asked the few people who might know. Mm-hmm. Didn't know to ask them, didn't know them to be asked. So in 2006, not unlike Dread in 56, mm-hmm. Harriet's grave was discovered at Greenwood by Ruth Ann Hager, And she was a certified genealogist, an expert in her field at the St. Louis County Library. And she was trying to write a little pamphlet for Harriet to do a talk, which she would do sometimes. That's what they do. But she was having trouble locating her her information. There's so many Elizabeths, so many Harriets, so many. She couldn't figure out which one she was looking at. So she was told to call me. That's how we met ultimately I gave her a name that gave her a clue and a key she unlocked it and that pamphlet became this book Dredd and Harriet Scott their family story mm. so um, th- this is a jewel right here and it is again the quintessential true story of the Dred Scott family um, Harriet's um, gravesite was unknown to us but in again in 2006 then through that key discovered that she was at Greenwood and it made the news and uh, I like to say that they both came out for subsequent anniversaries because he came out just in time for the 100th to know where he was Mm -hmm. and she came out just in time for the 150th -hmm. which is where I came into the story Mm -hmm. but um, in each case though I love to refer to the Blow family, and I want to give them a shout-out because I work with them, too, right now. They're fabulous people. Really?
1: I was going to say, oh, have yeah. you? Have oh, you? yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Are so, they in the you, area yet? Or?
0: Uh, not in St. Louis. Okay. Uh, Chicago New York right now. Okay. And actually in California, too. Okay. Yeah, I know several of them. Um, they're doing great things. But um, hmm. I don't do that. I'll forget where
1: <laughs> <I'm> Sorry.
0: <laughs> and I did. Okay. Um, we're talking about the graves. Okay, so she came out at, uh, in 2006. However... A notable thing about the Blow family is that earlier we talked about Henry Blow and Susan Blow. Well, a granddaughter of Henry Blow, who was uh, Miss Charlotte Harrison, bought the grave marker for Dred Scott for the 100th anniversary. Wow,
1: wow. Yeah, yeah. i was yeah. give I you was wondering about that yeah I was, <laughs> yeah I was yeah
0: and, and you know there's a picture of her i have seen it i'm still trying to locate it we've kind of like not i mean when i say i've seen it, it was published so I, i'm trying to find it if anybody listening knows where i can find that photo of mrs charlotte harrison from pennsylvania mm-hmm. as i recall it uh she was in st louis and so anyway the marker was there um Harriet, on the other hand, uh, we knew she was in Greenwood and we knew she was in section six, but we did not know exactly where so Etta Daniels, God bless her and her father, who's passed away, and people uh like there was a set of Charlies, one black one white, when I again came like into the picture, they kept that uh, cemetery as best they could. they did a marvelous job, but it overruns in you know in the summer and Uh, So it's getting more help over the years now. Um, Found out that Harriet was there. Lizzie is also there. Mm. I suspect Eliza is at Wesleyan because of the timing That when she died. Mm -hmm. She died after her father and before Greenwood was open. So I'm pretty positive that she's where her dad was, Mm -hmm. but we won't probably ever really quite know where. Mm. But the really good news is Knowing that Harriet was there, we were in 2009 able to get, um, 2008, a beautiful headstone from her who came from a local mortuary, uh, Austin Lane, and he donated a beautiful, beautiful pink granite head headstone for her. And it's at the front of the cemetery because Etta wanted to do something to, you know, make her known. And we had an idea of a another like a gazebo to be near there and a nice little place to go so as it turns out um it it was given to a person who i believe at the time he was working at kennedy and sons but uh, arnold came up with a design came up uh, arnold sandoval i'm sorry came up with a design uh it was totally opposite of anything we were trying to figure out it didn't look like a gazebo we weren't sure what it was but having taken the story and the The location the time the history everything he created a pavilion that actually gives you a personal experience of what it would be like to come through slavery and to be free so you know i I can't spend a lot of time on this but i got that feeling when i did walk through it Uh the first time and, and i I would just suggest that you, you go there and try it. Just go to the open back and walk through the front, and you'll see that there's this exhilaration, that there's this open freeness that you feel. And, and, it, and once we understood, it was like, yeah, that that's fine with us because it mm-hmm. was a, a an unusual lopsided kind of looking design thing, right. but it really is extremely meaningful and impactful. And we still thank and appreciate everybody who participated in that. Um, Mayor Slay helped um, one of the contractors poured the cement for us Um, one of my board members uh, purchased the wood beams and the only thing we had to buy were the bolts and so it was just an idea that just came to life immediately so the second year after the marker we went back and installed and dedicated the pavilion so we called it harriet's hill and she's there now we know exactly where she is. Etta and her her teams and the volunteers out there, the school districts, the organizations, you know, some of the big corporations who send people out on work days have uh, helped to uncover so much and Etta's got well over 50,000 names documented. We can find where people are. If, if you have someone in Greenwood, you can probably find out where they are because Etta has made this her life's passion. Wow. So now we know where she is and we know where Lizzie is. And when I leave here today, I'm going there. And we're going to look again with one of my board members, Sarah, and we're going to see exactly what kind of markers we would like to put there. And we're going to hopefully issue a uh, GoFundMe campaign Mm -hmm. and ask people to help us to buy the appropriate markers to actually mark their actual places. Now, the one in front is going to be the showcase, so we're not going to try to outdo that. Right. And you know, there there are a lot of flat ones and no one's ever buried there anymore. So But um we just have something there to identify that she's here. Um but I did tell them that we were going to help and get some actual markers. So that should happen I hope this year.
1: Yeah.
0: And we'll keep you notified when that kickoff is.
1: Absolutely. And
0: help us yeah. spread the word. Because, Absolutely.
1: Um,
0: and then with Dredd, his marker at uh, Calvary is, is nice. But literally, Father Dowling said, this is but a humble marker. If if ever someone someday wants to do more, it's fine. Right. And that helped me to have free license to embellish his place because mm-hmm. you can ride right by it and not know it. You, I mean, and this happens all right. the time. Mm-hmm. Um and so we'd like it to be a little more prominent. We have some ideas of ways to make it so that if you get close to it, you can find it, or maybe right. from far away, you can say, "Oh, it is over there," because right. so, it's it's a big, huge, huge cemetery. Yeah. It's kind of hard to find it if yeah. you don't know where you're going. Right, right. It's not there's like some large uh,
1: monuments there that have huge, yeah, you know, noteworthy people. Oh
0: yeah. Oh yes, yes.
1: Was there any thought of moving him to be with her? Oh never. Never.
0: No. Okay. Just... For two reasons. One, if you're in Calvary, you don't want to go to Greenwood. <laughs> okay. <All laughs> because right. Greenwood has not been able We're to be endowed. To okay. I to see. be maintained. I mean, we are this is hand to this mm-hmm. is just hand ground mm-hmm. pulling weeds every year.
1: Volunteer people to keep yeah. things going. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah. I mean at a She deserves some kind of national medal for trying to do it this way. I'm sure others have done it, too, for other cemeteries. But but anyway, no, no. The question I usually get, you just asked it the other way around. Most people say, can she be buried with him? Right. And the answer to that also is no, because the sad fact of the matter is being buried there two years after it opened and having a reality. And I don't know the evidence, but the reality that sometimes slaves could be buried as many as six deep. Right. If there is someone else there, or more than one or more than two, gotcha. uh, we don't know right. where, where, which one would be her. Hmm. Um, so I don't know.
1: Just the wondering. You know. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Oh. Nope. So I think, like I said before, they're both represented well in two yeah. very historic cemeteries. Right. And aide to Abraham Lincoln is buried at Greenwood. Oh, really? Yeah. There are famous musicians and jazz musicians who are buried there. Um, hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I forgot the name, but a notable... Um, in,
1: uh, I did look that up on their website. They have that. <laughs> Who's
0: that notable person? <laughs> I,
1: I'm going to have to pull that uh, that page up. <laughs> there.
0: Was, well, I don't know, you know. It's uh, not Frankie and Johnny, but some something like that. Anyway, it, yeah. it's its own history. You know, it's oh, very yeah. historic as well. Yeah. So no, we won't be doing that. Um,
1: is that a big cemetery? Is it?
0: Actually, there are over 50,000 people buried there, but wow. because when it gets overgrown, you can't see how sure. big it is. Yeah. Um, but I think in the more recent years, I think they've gotten control of it.
1: Right. There's how many people buried there? Over
0: 50,000.
1: Holy smokes. And it's not a very big cemetery. I didn't think it was either, but...
0: I don't want to speak erroneously i I might right. want to say thirty acres but I just don't recall yeah. wow I'm sorry Etta. Oh, no. That's fine. <laughs> um yeah I'm sorry but yeah but it's bigger than than you think and huh. um there was a time when you could go there and just I have pictures I didn't bring them but we took pictures when we found out that she was there in 2006 uh-huh. and to um, compare those pictures to today it's just a breathtaking experience to see all that's the work that's been thing. done yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so again, uh, Eliza is is unknown where she is, but Lizzie is on the roadside, so we want to get markers for for Harriet and Lizzie.
1: Yes, Lucy Delaney is she there? She is there.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, really?
1: Yes, that's that's a big deal. Oh my goodness, yeah, that's that's a huge okay. deal. Uh, let's see, I I have the website up now, and I just mm-hmm. punched out of it, so we here we go. Um, Charlton Hunt Tandy, who is a civil rights advocate, lawyer, and U.S. Marshal. He is buried there. We also have Harry Fiddler, actor, singer, and minstrel entertainer. We also have the Walker children, uh, who tragically lost their lives a few days after Christmas in 1945 in a house fire. Grant Green, jazz guitarist. It says one of the most underestimated jazz guitarists. Uh, he played in a lot of 50s local clubs. Arsenia Williams, if I'm pronouncing her first name, was an educator for more than 50 years, was the first chairwoman of the Phyllis Wheatley YWCA.
0: Oh, my goodness. Oh, see, these are some new names for me, yeah. uh, but but Edna is constantly adding to the database mm-hmm. of people who are being discovered as they yeah. continue to go through and clean out. That's, My that's husband, Brian, he great. has several family members buried there. And when we first got married, I remember okay. going there on Memorial Day and mm-hmm. his family would, you know, clean tend out. the graves and put out flowers and so forth. So um, it, it was, uh, and I believe it was still active in t- at least into the 70s probably. Mm-hmm. But... Um, yeah, World War uh, heroes are in there. All I right. know one that has a Purple Heart. So anyway, that's that's Greenwood. Yeah,
1: <laughs> the Buffalo Soldier John Buford. There you go, right? Uh, Spanish American War, and then this last one that's in here is Lavelle Daddy Bugs Roberts, music producer.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of musicians there. A lot of musicians.
1: Very interesting. We've been talking to Lynn Jackson. She's president and founder of the Dred Scott Heritage Foundation. And Lynn, where we want to go uh, after the break, and we have a few more minutes here, but uh, I'd like to really talk about your work there, what you what you have done, and what is on the horizon, what you're what you're working on. I know you worked to get the statue of Dred and Harriet Scott in front of the courthouse. You also have there's like little miniature statues that are available, or I'll let you speak to that. You've also have been working on. Now it's slipping my mind.
0: The Dred Scott Freedom Awards dinner.
1: The Freedom Awards dinner, also the stamp.
0: Oh, yes, Dred oh Scott stamp. Hopefully, one day soon. <laughs> and there
1: is, matter of fact, if you could speak to that uh, quickly before break. There is, and we'll come back to that. But there is a website that you can sign up. You have to petition to uh, sign the petition to have the stamp uh, okay. recognized.
0: Okay. Uh, we have a few minutes here for that. Just a couple. Yes. Yeah. All right, so there is and never has been an actual stamp of Dred Scott. Sad to say. So it's hard to believe. It, it is. is and most believe. people, even people at the post office go, what? Yeah, right. <laughs> but but <laughs> there That's isn't. So, um, so anyway, we started the Dred Scott Stamp Campaign. It's national. And we are asking people to uh, download a copy of the petition and take it around and get signatures and or sign online. And we have to have, oh, uh, like just an inordinately crazy amount to impress people that there should be the stamp. You know, I was told that it was very difficult to get a Rosa Parks stamp, but there is one, fortunate, but it just came out. Um, so anyway, that, that is our campaign. If you go to org, you will find that. In fact, we made it easy because if you go to that website, org. And look at the right-hand corner. Mm-hmm. You'll see two stamps, and you click on that. It'll take you to the whole stamp campaign page. And what we really like to do is is get stamp ambassadors. I think we're calling them from every state, who will commit to try to get at least a hundred stamp, a uh, hundred pages. Now we have a couple of people who have gotten a thousand signatures. Wow! One lady did it in like three months. So we're either asking people to consider getting a thousand signatures, or uh, oh, I'm sorry. A uh, hundred people get a thousand signatures, or a thousand people get a hundred signatures, mm-hmm. and then we'll be at the one hundred thousand mark. Because I was told that oh, you need almost a hundred thousand to to impress them.
1: Well, I, t- I think
0: Dred Scott's impressive enough. Oh yeah.
1: So I, I think it's we a need a
0: campaign to- for us <laughs> <laughs> awareness.
1: We we will take that on as a project yeah. on this on this particular. <laughs> radio show Oh, bless and you! and we're you. not going to do we're <laughs> not going to settle for a hundred thousand signatures oh, wow. let's let's take it <laughs> I, let's add another zero to that
0: oh wow oh really oh Oh, you are so ambitious! I love that. I love it.
1: You know, we can we can dazzle them <laughs> with a hundred thousand, or blow them away with blow a million. Away. Well, let's yeah.
0: blow them away. I say. Thank I, you. I think
1: I think so too. So we will make that a project of the okay. In Tune Radio Show.
0: Thank yeah. you. I have a national coordinator in Florida, Mary Sternberg, who raised a lot of money for the statue. And once she heard about the stamp, she was on it. So we have a we have a network of people that can help. We do. This. We have
1: connections too. Yeah. We, thank We, we you. will do that. We will be back. We've been talking to Lynn Jackson. This is Arnold Stricker with Mark Langston of InTune. You're listening to KWRH 92.9 FM, your community radio station in Webster Groves, Missouri. Up here on In Tune because we're talking to Lynn Jackson, president and founder of the Dred Scott Heritage Foundation. And folks, if you have not heard the conversation in the previous hour and a half, you need to check it out on Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud when we post, or the video will be available on Facebook on Radio 63119. And Lynn, before the break, we were talking about the variety of things that the foundation has been doing, and I know that you have tours, actually, that you do sponsor or take part in. Is that correct?
0: Yes, we have a Dred Scott bus tour that it's, well, we're trying to make it annual, and then I've had some special requests, but if anyone wants to request a Dred Scott bus tour, um, they should contact us. And the best way to contact us is at info at org. Um, that would be the best email way, but the Dred Scott tour is locally and, uh, it's about different places where Dred Scott is currently recognized. Um, I had one lady ask me on the first tour, well, where are you going to go to the courthouse and the cemetery? And I said, why don't you come on the tour and see? Right. And throughout the day I said, how am I doing? And she said, oh, not bad. And then she said, wow. And then at the end she said, wow, you got me. So we know a lot of secret places where he is, and people drive by these places every day and have no clue that this historical person is either being uh, part of a mural or maybe even a, another bust is out there. Um, there are two, actually. A statue is one thing, but we since have started doing this, and we have two busts of him in the area. Uh, so anyway, it's a fun tour. And
1: when does that tour normally take place?
0: Normally it's in the fall, like okay. around the last of October, 1st of November. But I have done tours for uh, wedding showers, uh, uh-huh. and different uh, family reunions. Cool. So, yeah, we can do um, whatever somebody might want to do.
1: And you've taken place in several kind of group discussions or uh, what I would well, call symposiums.
0: Yeah, we, we have sponsored um what we call Dred Scott Presents Sons and Daughters of Reconciliation, Mm -hmm. and that includes other descendants of famous people in our group, some of whom are descendants of Thomas Jefferson and Martha, Thomas Jefferson and Sally Hemming, Jefferson Davis, the Blow family, Chief Justice Tawney, I have descendants we work with there. uh, Frederick Douglass' descendants now. We did a program in Alabama. No, no, I'm sorry, Jackson, Mississippi last fall for the Ethics Project, and we will be doing something in March. Um, Booker T. Washington, Martin Luther King. Um, I've got quite a few descendants, and we do different kinds. The most recent thing we did, though, was Plessy and Ferguson, Brown v. Board of Education, Dred Scott, and then we did Plessy, Ferguson, Scott, and Tawny in Virginia. Mm. And I've had Virginia. We've been to Virginia twice for that. So we travel and we do these presentations about how our collective histories have become and not verses, Mm -hmm. if you will, Mm -hmm. in many cases.
1: And the reconciliation portion of that is important.
0: It is because uh, these individuals recognize what the histories of their ancestors were as well. Mm -hmm. And we are looking to try to do something different today. We don't want to repeat those Those um, errors and sins of the past, and so. people
1: can get information on the uh, DredScottLives dot org. Yes, site.
0: yes, the past events are on DredScottLives dot org, and also the Foundation dot org has some past. In fact, it has ten years of archived history. Okay, so we keep it up, we keep it current. Uh, it has a store and donation buttons that are active, but we're going to put a new store on the Dred Scott Lives. We have a new product, which I'm excited about. And hopefully in another month or so, it'll all be active on there.
1: Okay, and you were showing me this uh, particular photograph and an upcoming Dred Scott Freedom Awards dinner, which is happening uh, March the 28th here in St. Louis.
0: That's true. This will be our third Freedom Awards dinner, where we honor individuals who have contributed to our society in a magnificent way. Um, The third one will have a theme of 400 plus years of fortitude, which recognizes the 1619 to 2019 anniversary of when the first enslaved people came over, as well as the Constitution. And we were very fortunate that, um, I guess it was 2016 maybe, I filmed a a segment for a constitutional documentary, a PBS three-part program called A More or Less Perfect Union. And it just came out on January the 24th and 25th. The producer, the brain, it was the brainchild of Judge Douglas H. Ginsburg. And he's of D.C. Court of Appeal. Now, he, as it turns out, is going to be here at the dinner as our honorary chairman. We're going to show a portion of that, a brief segment of it. But this year, on February 3rd, was the 150th anniversary of the 15th Amendment that I said gave the black right. men the right to vote. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yes, black men. And then it's also, as we must must know, the 19th Amendment, which gave all women the right to vote. Right. That whole thing about everybody gets to vote at the 15th, You know, Virginia Minor fought that here in St. Louis at the old courthouse too. Right. And she lost, but that's where the women's suffrage... Um, movement came from True, right yeah uh, and and of course the ladies in new york um miss candy um katie staten uh but but these two anniversaries the 150th and the 100th are also being recognized so we have a lot to commemorate and celebrate this year but mostly uh, we're excited that the judge is going to come down and that this documentary is out it couldn't be more timely oh, yeah. but we have 17 people that we're going to honor and uh, you'll be seeing a lot more of it in the press. I've done other radio shows and so forth. So please, everybody, go there and sign up. We'd love to see you there.
1: Right. That's Saturday, March 28th at the St. Louis Hilton Frontenac Hotel on Lindbergh. And you can go to the website, dredscottlives.org, to get more information about that Right. and uh, where the contact is for tickets, etc., like that. There's also an induction in. Uh, in April into the 2020 Missouri Public Affairs Hall of Fame for Dred Scott, I was reading also, and there's just a lot of things that you are really involved with, and you really didn't plan to do that,
0: did you? No, I sure did not. Uh, You know, there are a couple of bills in Jefferson City now that are out there that have to do with Dred Scott, so we're going to be looking into that to see how far they may go. Uh, but no, I wasn't my original plan. My original plan was, um, you know, that I, I love biblical apologetics and I love the Bible, so that's that's what I was doing when I wasn't on a job. But uh, it all comes together; it all works together because you know we're told to be ministers of reconciliation, and as reconciliation was the third leg of this trip, you know, commemoration, education. Those two were very clear to understand, though they were very easy to do. Um, but I wasn't sure what reconciliation was all about. Right. I mean, I knew what it was, but I didn't know what I was supposed to do with it, you know? <laughs> and I just obeyed and, and put it on the, the marquee, as it were. But God had other plans, and He said, Oh, you just obey me, and I'll make it work. So, um, in yep. light of that, I have met these descendants that I mentioned to you, but I always thought it would be extra special to meet the Tawny family. Mm hmm. And I really figured that it would take, you know, a couple of years to warm them up to the idea that they might want to work with me, and they actually found me. Wow. Yeah, they did. Um, there is a play that Kate Tawney wrote, and she and her father Charlie are the two that I connect with the most in our project. But their whole family is very supportive, pretty much. Um, they uh, she wrote a play about our descendants. I'm yeah. Okay, get this right. She wrote a play about descendants of tawny and scott meeting in a coffee shop so um when she did the play she didn't know me and they were about to put it out at the actor's studio in new york when uh, her director asked did she know or could she find someone from the scott family to come see the play and she googled found my website and i was floored so i went and uh, I, I met them i saw the play uh, they are totally amazing people and t- they own their part of the history. So, um, mostly Charlie and I actually travel together. We'll be at the um, Oklahoma University Law School on March the 4th, right around that time of the anniversary. We've been to Virginia, Richmond uh, in April of 2019, and we just came from Norfolk with Plessy and Ferguson. So, it was Plessy and Ferguson and Scott and Tawny in virginia this past january just a month ago um it's a great story to share how god has just actually brought everybody together and and so the stories the work the testimony the history and and what we want to see come from this um and i have here in my book i'll let you see it afterwards an email from a lady who she either wrote it in the auditorium where 900 people came to see us or as soon as she hit the door But she said she'd never done anything. She'd always thought about it. But after being at our program, she was motivated, and she's going to go out and do something to help reconciliation. And I have that right here. So that was really worth the whole trip.
1: That's huge. I was going to ask you, how has all of that interaction changed you or impacted you personally?
0: Well, i hate to say i don't know that it's changed me i think i'm who i was when i started to do it but i am i'm an eternal optimist Mm -hmm. and i believe that things can be better and things can change Um, but i i guess um, if i were to say how has it changed me at all it would be that i i just think that i have more impetus to go out and, and preach this gospel which is akin to the gospel, mm-hmm. you know, that we should love one another. That's basically the bottom line. Um, it, it just gives me another angle from which I can get that message out because if you would not believe how... I'm going to give you another example. I have the uh, highest medal from a group that was known to be one of the most racist groups in America. Mm. I have the highest medal, the Medal of Honor from the Daughters of the American Revolution. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, you have to know the stories and the backdrops, you know, like the Marian Anderson story where they wouldn't let her sing in Constitution Mm -hmm. Hall, one of the greatest opera singers in the world. And because she was black, she couldn't sing there. But um, Eleanor Roosevelt took her to the Lincoln Memorial when she sang for 75,000 people. Mm -hmm. Their granddaughters are working with our foundation. Mm. They help support the statue. And also the Daughters of Union Veterans, you know. um, Thank goodness. I guess I, yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's a new day in those ways. You know, it gives people hope to hear. Yeah,
1: it does give hope.
0: Their stories, too, not just Uh my story, but how these stories are now intersecting.
1: And it's important to hear that that interaction is happening because you don't get a lot of that.
0: Oh, no, you're not going to see hardly much of it in the news. But I will give kudos to this one event. Remember earlier I told you we'd get back to, to Judge Tawney. So we have in St. Louis, uh, well, we've had it in more places than that. We have a Dred Scott Reconciliation Conference and we have a Dred Scott Reconciliation Forum. The forum is in Marshfield, Missouri, which used to be Klan country. Right. Every April, we'll be there for the 10th year for my forum this April. The conference is every other year and the Dred Scott Freedom Award dinner is every other year. When we had our first conference and then another day on the 160th anniversary of the Dred Scott decision, Charlie Tawney and I were in Annapolis, Maryland, and in front of the statue of his ancestor, he apologized publicly with the news cameras and everybody. It was on the cover, well, it was in over 200 newspapers on the cover of, of most of them, that there was this historic apology on the 160th anniversary and you know how we're trying to work together so that has changed that has changed and it's so genuine it's not it's not like well we did it that day and we haven't talked to each other no right we we all stay in touch you know i know his wife carol he knows my husband brian and his daughter carol and her husband mike and and his aunts and his other sisters and brothers i mean we're all connected And, and when they came to st louis some of my cousins were here and uh they were totally moved By the first apology, it was impromptu. So, you know, it's all about, I I would never say letting go of the past, but rewriting the future. Hmm. Rewriting the
1: future. Changing hearts.
0: Yeah, hearts and minds.
1: Rewriting the future. I like that.
0: Well, it's been a joy ride, I can tell you that. <laughs> it really, really Do has. you
1: have any little tidbits for us left? We have a few more, more uh, moments left here.
0: Oh, my goodness, tidbits. Whew. Okay, well, uh, yeah, here's a cute tidbit. Uh, first of all, I want to thank everybody that helps me. I can't begin to name folks, but I have great volunteers. I have... My husband, Brian, who always supports me and says, "Go get him you know he just he's the best and you know uh my family, I won't begin to name names, but they they are very supportive of what I've done, and I love them all um, but I also um want to share that when we did the uh, Dred Scott statue, we raised two hundred and fifty thousand dollars of grassroots money mostly now there was One wonderful contributor who gave us a considerable amount, and it it encouraged me to keep going. But Harry Weber is the sculptor of this beautiful piece of Dread and Harriet. And uh, we do have a 14-inch replica of it that is 3D printed. It's not a plaster cast or something, but literally was printed on a 3D printer. And so we're making that available to individuals who might want to have a replica instead of doing it in bronze, which uh-huh. would be in the thousands of dollars. Right. So um, they can check out our website for that. But we also do need Very to put cool. a little more information out there today for them to actually purchase it. They can contact us about it. Very and cool. those are wonderful. Um, the uh, statue again though, raising the money for it. I had an idea that when we talked about Roswell Fields House, and how it's down the street from the old courthouse, and Dred Scott was a janitor for him. Right. That the house was gonna come down with the, all of the row houses that were knocked down, except for the fact that people said, well, um, Eugene Field and Roswell Field lived here, right. and we need to save that house. So it was saved by school children doing a penny drive, and they raised $2,000 to save that house. So I created a penny drive for our school children to help the statue of Dred Scott, and it was fabulous. I later heard that people thought I was a little nuts. They didn't (laughs) tell me at the time, but they didn't think it was gonna work, but we raised close to $50,000 of the statue money through the Penny Drive, and it also was not just local, but um, the lady who's over the stamp campaign, I mentioned Mary Sternberg Mm -hmm. before, in Florida as a social studies teacher, she raised (gasps) $1,400. And brought the check to St. Louis with two other teachers who helped her, Mary and Amy and Susan, and then uh, they stayed here a few days and got to see St. Louis and then went back and raised $1,700 in the same 12-month period of time. So there are some amazing people out there doing awesome things, and uh, we are very right. grateful for the support we get, and yeah. I want to thank you for having me on for two whole hours.
1: Well, it's, it's been fascinating a, an honor for us yeah. to have you here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I, I've i been a, a historic, had an historic interest in the Dred Scott case for a long, long time and have pursued some uh, understanding of it, but not until recently have I really delved into some of the intricacies and in the uh, details of it. And the books out there are fascinating. You know, the tour just would be totally. Oh, yeah. I, I love that it's kind bad. of thing. It's great. But I, I think one of the things that struck me as I was reading more about the case was that we live in a city that has a very historic past and has a very interconnected group of people. And we have a lot of things that uh, are scars on our city and our community that we're living with now that happened years ago. And folks, if we don't do anything, as, as Lynn was talking about in reconciliation and rewriting the future, mm-hmm. uh, we will continue to live what the past has been. And it all begins not with uh, a, a group or um, everybody standing up and going to a march. This is this is my personal opinion. Now remember, the views and opinions expressed by the guests <laughs> and hosts are those of the guests and hosts, uh, yeah. and not of the station or station manager. It's 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 something where we all need to individually get involved and become a part of rewriting the history in a positive way. And. You know, the, the purpose, again, of the show is to fill in the gaps of the historical narrative that we have not been taught when we were children. When I was a child, there are things I don't know that mm-hmm. I needed to know. There are things I learned that I should not have learned. And it's right. it's balancing that out.
0: Well, African American history is so excitingly interesting. It's, it's a sad history, uh, but on the other hand, there's some incredibly uplifting and inspiring stories yes. about yep. what people have done. And that's why we have our Dred Scott Freedom Awards dinner uh, I wanna just say one more time for the people who are being honored and for my dinner chair, is Peggy Lewis LeCompte, who is just a phenomenal woman. Uh, I couldn't probably do this without her, but we want people to recognize that the, everybody just starts from where they were when they were a child. You make your life what it is. Right. You know, and then the things around you don't let the circumstances stop you. You know, Dred and Harriet didn't, they didn't have to go that extra mile and go to the Supreme Court. They could have said, you know, six years in the Missouri, right. we got to live here. I think we're done. We're done. You know, right. we can we can just be okay here. But they didn't, you know, they went that further mile and look at all the change that it brought. Oh, you know, it yeah. took an incredible amount of uh, courage for that. They hid their daughters away from, Two years, possibly, mm-hmm. you know, just to keep them safe mm-hmm. so that if it turns out well, they have their family intact. So, um, I, I just would like to um, encourage people to uh, look at whatever mountain is in front of you and just start to climb it because if you take one step, he'll take two. That's correct. I had no idea I was going to do this, and I could write an encyclopedia <laughs> of volumes about <laughs> the incredible miracles that have happened along the way, things right. that. Should not have happened. The way they come together. What's yeah.
1: What's the statement? The journey begins with one step. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: We'll step to the front neck, Hilton, on March 28th right. and come to our Freedom Awards dinner uh, to 3 o'clock reception, VIP reception, to meet the honorees and the judge and all. And then the dinner's at 5 o'clock, and we would love to see you all there. Wow, that sounds great. We encourage people to try to get a table and, and just come on. And uh-huh. It's a beautiful event, and I it's bet. noteworthy.
1: Yeah, that's that's uh, at March, at the... St. Louis Hilton Frontenac Hotel on Saturday, March twenty eighth, and that will take place at what time is that?
0: Well, the VIP reception is at three o'clock, and the dinner is at five
1: o'clock. Okay, and that will feature Lynn and Keith Plessy.
0: Oh no, no, Plessy won't be there. No, no, this. Oh,
1: that's that's the the documentary.
0: Yeah, the documentary uh, producer judge. Douglas H. Ginsburg will be there right, and present. Right. But uh, we'll have a names of our honorees on our website just as soon as uh, we hear from one more person. I'm going to leave them off, but I think they're going to be there too.
1: And that's dredscottlives.org, dredscottlives.org. And if you want some additional information uh, that has been... Kind of cataloged the thedredscottfoundation.org. That is past information, but the current information is on dredscottlives.org. Lynn, thanks very much for coming in today. It's been an honor and privilege for thank us to you. have you on, and uh, hope to have you back. And let's keep going on the on the stamp.
0: Yeah, <laughs> thank you so much. Dred Scott does live.
1: He does. Well, Mark, I'm just uh, I'm blown away by the discussion we've had and by Lynn's graciousness in, in talking to us about this. This is probably the most historic event that has taken place in St. Louis. And, uh, and it's such a national thing. And it's right here in our own backyard. And to have uh, someone who is a direct descendant of Dred and Harriet Scott in to talk to us today is just amazing to me. How, how fortunate we are, yeah, we are, Lynn i really to have you here uh i wanted to say thank you again for coming i mean it really is because we don't there's so much of the history sometimes you think you know you just don't know the depth of it and how it touches so many lives mm-hmm. and you know there's things that are just amazing to me like in 1957 they finally that wasn't that long ago you know no, some
0: of us were alive. <laughs> yeah,
1: some of us were alive, right? Yeah. So, anyway, so the Dred Scott Heritage Foundation, a a legacy of courage, you know they they have uh, their goal is to promote the commemoration, education, reconciliation of the history. As Lynn was talking about, there is a, a wide variety of uh, past, uh, immediate, and future things that are going to be uh, happening. It's to honor and remember what uh, Dred Scott and Harriet Scott. Really went through to provide uh, many African Americans their ultimate freedom uh, and the recognition of the, as Lynn was stating, the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendment, which are referred to as the Scott Amendments. Scott Amendments. So, a very, very important time in our history. You need to be aware of that because March 6th is the 163rd anniversary Third. of the decision. So, what a great time. If you missed any of the show, you can catch it on Apple Podcast. Just plug in Intune, K-W-R-H, or you can listen on SoundCloud. We've had a great day today. Keep tuning in on past shows also. You can catch those on the same vehicle, SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts.